Hey y'all, this is Jay, and on this week, All Your Things Are Gone is Mike Hutchins, uh, probably most well-known for uh, Lynx, but he's in Adamo, he's in a new band with his wife, and uh, Dale from Lynx. It was great to see him, great to talk to him. Uh, we didn't really know each other that well, uh, but I think we got to know each other a little bit. We talked about motorcycles, politics, just, uh, it was fun, and uh, I'm going to be talking to uh, Abby uh, soon, got a lot of time on my hands, as I'm sure you all do, so I'm going to catch up on some of these interviews, alright, you all are doing well, this is what I done. Uh, yeah. How many bands play here? Really only two. Um, my band and then this band called uh, Gold Muse practice here. What's your band? Rivers and Plains. <laughs> What's that? Ed Jake Uh, we're, you know, we don't do much. I have the bigger version of that box amp there. Oh, you do? Yeah, AC30. I love it. Mm-hmm. I uh, I just sold my my I had a Fender Twin Reverb from the sixties that, that I used with links and everything. Mm-hmm. I just parted ways with it like a year ago. Yeah, I made you sell it. You just weren't using it. Starting to have like weird little problems. Yeah, this like, one's starting to have problems. Finicky little shit, little just random like buzzes. Then it would go away. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what the fuck was that? You know, stuff was starting to go. I didn't want to try to figure it out or really pay somebody to figure it out. Um, so I just I got a really good. You know, I got rid of it for... For a good price. For, yeah. Someone yeah. who's willing to deal with uh, a yeah. 50-year-old amp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This one's a 74. Um, I think that was a 67 or 67. I mean, a 67. That's, like, right on the edge of CBS. On the edge, yeah. It's right as they were switching over, I think. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, so that's a nice circuit. This one's a little different. It's still pretty good. Uh, but, yeah, it's having all kinds of problems. I've had it in, like... And I don't use it anymore. I really only use this now, so... Oh, yeah. And I was thinking about getting another Ampeg, the the combo 212 version of this thing, basically. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I don't really... Uh, I don't want to deal with it anymore either. But I've had this thing so long now. That's what mine... I got mine when I was in fucking high school. Yeah, I got mine... I got this when I was in high school. Yeah, Like so. junior year or something. Yeah. And I, it would, it's so unique itself. Like the, <laughs> this was on here when I bought it, hmm. and it, people know this amp. Really? They don't know me, but they know they say like, I know this amp. I've seen it before. Oh, that's funny. It's weird. Um, yeah. So, uh, what have you been doing with yourself up in Maine? Is this on? Oh yeah. I have been. Uh working and raising a family yeah and um, playing music still oh you are yeah I tried unsuccessfully to uh, play with Dale uh, a couple years ago Mm -hmm. three four five seven years ago and we we, after a while it felt like we were beating a dead horse it was just the two of us yeah him on drums me on guitar and we just couldn't make anything 
work, and I had to drive up to Bath where he lives. So where do you live in Maine? Yeah, I live in Portland. Uh, I just bought a house with my wife and kids a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a bungalow style house. I like bungalows. The, the inside's really nice. The outside needs a lot of work. The windows are original. They're single pane with storm sashes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, she's back. She's down there? All right. Give me one second. I'll be right back. Yeah. You can talk a bunch of shit. Just okay, cool, cool. Okay, so while Jay's gone, uh, I was gonna bring a bottle of wine and drink it, but I had the equivalent of probably two bottles of wine yesterday, so. I'm just filling up on healthy drinks and corn nuts. Uh, Yesterday was my mother's 67th birthday, so we threw a party. Uh, I made tuna on the grill. It was a nice day. It was like 70 degrees, so we had like tuna steak. I made some mahi-mahi, some side dishes. We had some... uh, marinated sirloin tips. It's pretty good. Oh, and like, over the course of the afternoon and evening, probably like six or seven gin and That's a loud man. Yep. Lots of garbage bands playing. Yeah, they're just... Fucking... Speaking of beating a dead horse. Yeah, really. Wow. Corn nuts. You should have to pass a, uh, you know, proficiency, musical proficiency exam to get a practice space. They can't just rent these. I would never pass that. We we would not be speaking right now, probably. (coughs) Uh, So the thing with Dale did not go... Yeah, it didn't go so, well. So we. Um, Why do you think that is? I don't think we were in the right place. Yeah, seems I like Dale wasn't ready to make music. Yeah. Um, he was sober then. For the first time in a while. I yes. Um, he's taken a break from that. I probably shouldn't be saying this, but. Well, he's back in a band now, right? He's back in a band, and I really feel like he uh, likes it. And so I hope he likes it because we like him a lot. Yeah. And we just, he, because he he came on board, so we changed, our band name used to be Paraffin, but we changed it to Height because we had a new guy, and we felt like we should just switch it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, we're doing that, practicing in the other guitar player's basement right now, his house. Um, that's it. So when uh, you and Dale parted ways, then did you go on to do this new thing here? No, I took a break from playing music for you know five years, something like that. Why was that? Same reasons. Uh, no. Um, I focused my attentions on motorcycles. I. Yeah, I know you like BSAs. Yeah. Nortons. Yeah, all that stuff. I don't have a Norton. My brother's got a Commando. Um, 
I bought Abby a moped a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And it runs? Yep. Impressive. Every, every person that I've ever said that they, they bought a moped, they're like, yeah, it's in my closet, or it's like sitting in the garage somewhere under a pile of clothes. Never yeah, runs. It's a Pook Maxi from like 75 or 76. Um, it's had work done to it recently by a, a moped shop. Mm-hmm. And they kind of went through and just replaced a whole bunch of stuff. It overheats and will stall, and you can't start it until it cools down, which is usually like... So is it air-cooled? Yeah. Yeah. Which is usually like three to five minutes. That's what bothers her the most about it. But it's annoying. Yeah, it is really annoying. Yeah. Is it like induction or like oil mix? Yeah, it's an oil mix. Yeah. I just... I, I want to keep saying it's like a fuel line problem. So like fuel's not getting into the carb or not getting, yeah, you know, from I the carb to the combustion chamber properly. I feel like those early, I don't know, is it, was this one Japanese? No, it's Austrian. Austrian. Like a lot of the, that early, late 60s, early 70s, like oil induction motors were not, there. it was a good idea, just not well engineered, I yeah. think, at the time. Um, they got better. Like I had a um, a Yamaha um, uh, R7 or no, no, R7. It was a precursor of the RD 350. Oh, I love the RD 350s. Yeah, it was. A, it I was love the RD 4 450s or 400s. Love those. Yeah, I like how kind of like boxy they were, and then that's and why then, I liked it. Yeah, oh, I loved it, the look of them. In retrospect, so fun. I should have got an RD, like a 70. Uh, one or seventy-two because yeah. there was they still make parts for them, whereas the R seven they stopped making parts for them. Yeah, more limited run. Yeah, because yeah. it was like the prototype to those, and they kind of more perfected it I think later there. I went out to get that bike in uh, Michigan with Matt Doyle. Really, Matt Doyle. And I took a road trip. Oh, that's awesome. Went, went and got that bike. <clears throat> Dale bought a really cool bike and then sold it. It uh, bummed me out. It was a 554 from the mid-70s. Mm-hmm. Ran great. It was this really cool green color. I don't know. He, he sold it. I can't remember why. Dale doesn't hold on to things. He doesn't hold a lot of attachment to things. I remember when I was talking to him for this, he was like, yeah, I was in Chicago, and I just left my drum set that I had for my whole life. I just walked yeah, out of the club without it. Kit, yeah. And like someone else... Took it for him and kept it until he wanted it. Yeah. <laughs> Which, it was insane to me when he told me that. Um, so how did you get into bikes? My brother. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm the, like the least um, likely bike can- enthusiast candidate guy. <laughs> um, when I, w- I had come back from Lynx, when we broke up, I came back to Maine because I was having a lot of anxiety. And I, I moved back in with my parents. My brother was living with them too. And he had, a, you know, one or two motorcycles, and he told me, I, you know, he's like, you should get one. You should. I said, no, that's, I'm so not a bike guy. <laughs> but it just took one time riding on the back of his. We yeah. went downtown Portland one day, and by the time we came back, I don't know, something ignited. I was, I was like, all right, I'm gonna get one. So I got a Honda 350, a 72 Honda 350. It was like purple ran really well for a couple years then started having carb problems I couldn't figure it out so 
I sold that, and that's when I, yeah, I think I went straight to British after that. I got a, a 69 BSA A50 Royal Star. And that was fun and everything, but when that one started having minor issues, rideable, you, I could ride it, but it started having little issues, and I, I had my eyes on a... I just wanted a specific year, specific model BSA. Super rare. They only made it for a couple years. Um, you know, they're usually in museums now, or uh, people, this particular model, they'll take it and remove the engine from it and put it into a a gold, a modified Gold Star engine, and mm-hmm. they'll make something called a Rocket Gold Star. That's probably one of the most highly sought after valuable British motorcycles ever hmm. um, they it was the idea of a, uh, a a motorcycle dealer in England um, he worked closely with the BSA factory um, and when they had a bunch of uh, leftover super rocket engines a10 super rockets and they had a bunch of um, Gold Star frames. Uh, he suggested that they put they, they put that them together because the Gold Star frame, everybody loved it. They thought it was just the best, especially like racing guys. Mm-hmm. And then, but the Gold Star was a single cylinder, um, 500 cc bike, and the uh, the Super Rocket engine was uh, like a, a more highly tuned kind of race racing engine mm-hmm. so he thought like marrying those two things and putting clubmans or clip-ons on it and um, just kind of it went crazy people loved him and so they only made you know less than a thousand I can't remember how many I think it's in the hundreds yet right now in the world there's thousands because people are they're taking you know gold star frames and super rocket engines and passing it off as a rock, Rocket Gold Star, yeah. which they're selling for like, you know, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000. Is that how you found yours? No, I just, like... I was looking, I was working at Bath Ironworks at the time as a designer, and I was pooping. Sure, as one does. Yeah, they have, bit, they were 750 people working in this building, so. All pooping ba- at the same time? No, but they were. Woof. The bathrooms were gigantic. It was just a one-story building, but there's like the men's bathroom had more stalls than you would see at like a mall or a movie theater or something. There were lots. <laughs> like a Fenway style? Like, yeah, was there like a trough? Huge. So I'm in there, I'm in the stall, and I go onto Craigslist. I was da- like daily looking around for a super rocket, mm-hmm. never finding one. They made them between, I think, 58 and 60, late 62 is when they stopped making them. They released those ones in 63. So early on, um, the earlier models aren't, weren't as good. The, uh, the camshaft wasn't as good. The uh, carburetor, there were just certain things that weren't worked out yet. So mm-hmm. the later model Super Rocket was what I was looking for when they had kind of like figured out what they wanted to do. And it was right before they went over to unit construction. So this is a pre-unit separate gearbox. Um, and I found one while I was pooping in that stall. Sure. 
and I freaked out. So I wiped really quick, and I went outside, and I, I called, the, it was on Craigslist, I called this guy in Rhode Island, and he's like, yeah, I still got it. I said, don't sell it, I want it. I said, does it run? He said, yep. And I got a little backstory on it, I found out there were three guys, one had an old Indian, one had an old Harley, and the other guy had the BSA. The BSA guy got cancer and died, left it to the other two friends, and they sold it to me. And when I got it, it was kind of half put together, half not. I'd been reading up a lot about them, and there's a sludge trap deep within the uh, in the flywheel. Mm-hmm. And if that is full of sludge from decades and decades of use, and it's not cleaned out, the oil will be able to make it to critical parts of the engine, and you'll, you'll ruin it. So, since I didn't know whether or not this guy had clean that out or it wasn't the pr- it looked like he was in the process of either putting it together or yep. taking it apart mm-hmm. I wasn't sure so I took the whole thing apart Woof. Um, only to find out that he had totally cleaned out the sludge trap <laughs> how long did that take <laughs> took me a really long time yeah yeah I guess the cases I had to split the cases it was a huge learning curve but that's how I learned a lot of crap if I hadn't done that mm-hmm. I like when I ride the bike now, if something goes wrong, it's usually something minor or something dumb. Like I was riding one time and the, the oil tank just flew off the bike because I didn't secure it the right way. Yeah. Or another time, uh, um, a, a, a bolt flew off because I didn't, you know, these bikes, old bikes vibrate and I, I didn't know I had to use the thread locker because I was learning stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Did your brother just go, yeah, go ahead. Figure it out. Yeah, no, I'm not going to tell you shit. No, he would help me a little bit. And I have some friends back home. Um, this guy, Matt Robbins, he's got a, a, a BSA Gold Star. He's got a, a lot of helpful tips and cool tools. You, got, you need special wrenches to work on these, the British. Fucking Whit- British. Whitworth. Bullshit. Yeah. So, you know, I figured it out. And so I almost like working on these bikes more than riding them, really. Yeah. Um, so is that what you were doing? You were... Yeah, so for a couple of years, I was just like doing my bike stuff, and um, yeah, I got Abby a bike. Oh, and then I got myself another bike. I got a Honda 450. Oh, that's right, yeah. So I had um, got some uh, 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 space at a bike shop, mm-hmm. and uh, they, you know, had a bench, and I just worked on bikes there for Were you, was on this and your off job for or? a couple of years. No, 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 just, just you know, just nights and weekends kind of yeah. stuff. Uh, yeah, so that's what I did, and then uh, what? Ha- then I um, I had like this weird epiphany at work. I think one day, and I came home and I told Abby, I want to start a band, and I want it to sound like this, 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 and I want these instruments, and I want there to be singing now, which I'd never played in a band with vocals. Yeah, I didn't really want them even. Why is but, that? Why do you think that was? Um. When I was younger, I never really cared to hear about what people said in there. Yeah. Like, we all have fucking problems. Right. I don't why, do, why do I have to hear this singer <laughs> preaching to me or telling me about some breakup or... I have a like, very similar opinion. I, I don't give a fuck what anyone is saying. Yeah. But now in my life, I do want there to... Because your voice is an instrument. Sure. So... And there's people that use it in really creative ways. You know, I, I just, 
I started, I noticed that just naturally, I wasn't hanging out with people that were listening to this kind of music. I naturally started listening to this, like, mid-80s British music. And um, Kate Bush, mm-hmm. uh, Cocteau Twins, Talk Talk, big, big influence for me. So, you know, I was sucking all that stuff up. And then it hit me, like, most of the music that I'm listening to now that I like has lyrics. Only, you know, back in the day, I'd say half of the music I listened to had lyrics and half was instrumental. Yeah. You know, Trans Am and Don Cab, all that stuff, no lyrics there. Oxes. But then, you know, I was also listening to those bands like Shellac and Blonde Redhead and all that stuff. You know, And I still don't really care about what they're saying, but the fact that I can kind of sing along... Mm-hmm. In my car, in the shower, it's. I really don't care what they're saying. No. They can say whatever they want to say. It's just there for a melody. It's there, yeah, for a melody, and it's a voice thing. And I think the problem with a lot of the stuff that we used to listen to is that the, the people who were singing, weren't very good at it. So, more or often than not, it just blended in with the music. The music was the, like the main attraction for like especially. Yeah. Maybe not so much in Blonde Redhead, but even Shellac. I mean, he doesn't fucking give a shit. I mean, right. and, and again, I don't give a hell, I don't give a shit what he's talking about because he's. You know, oh yeah, you know that's not the point though. No, I right. Think, so you know? the music is definitely number one, and I, I especially everybody that I hung out with at the time, yeah, couldn't sing or shit, but wanted to because they yeah. thought you know. Yeah. So I think. Now our band, we, we sing. I sing, and Abby's the primary singer. My wife, Abby's here. Okay, yes. hello. Come on in. Okay. So yeah, she's a, she's a big part of the band. So there's five of us. There's her, uh, you know, I play guitar. Mm-hmm. And we have another guitar player, Serge. He's a great friend and great guy, great guitar player. Really mm-hmm. inventive. He's surprises both of us. And then... Uh, my friend Lucas, who he, on bass, he used to work at the f- architecture firm that I work at. Uh, he played in our previous band, North Atlantic. Um, yeah, he's like the quiet George Harrison guy. And yeah, now we have Dale, so I'm pretty excited. And Abby plays. She's got two synths and a and an electric, you know, what is it called? Electric piano, right? Yeah. Are um, you trained a uh, musician? I am. Yeah? Yeah, I went to music school. How was it playing with these guys? It's great. Yeah? Yeah, I never imagined I'd play in a band Yeah. with you, because I always thought you were into the like instrumental only. Yeah, I think the, so. the more we've been together, we've kind of... Kind of it's weird. Yeah. My wife as well. Like got a little bit closer to each other. Yeah. Like uh, she, when I first met her, she would never listen to a jazz record ever in her life. And well, the other day, I put on a one of my favorites. It's not the greatest, but I, I love this record for some reason. It's Grant Green, Street of Dreams. It's just really nice to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, "What is this? I know you've played this before." And suddenly, out of nowhere, she's like, "I like this." I'm like, Seeping yeah. in. Yeah. Go somehow. And, then, and I also like one Bruce Springsteen record now. <laughs> one. Oh, I love jazz. Yeah. I love all, all that 60s Blue Note stuff is uh, 
was a big influence I'm a big on me. Bill Evans fan. I love Bill My Evans. My dad loves Bill Evans. Oh, dude. Peace, peace. I can't hear that enough. It's mm. just like a gorgeous piece of music. Well, uh, Moonbeam. I love that record. That's a good record. Yeah. Um, and then In a Silent Way, I love... Those, 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 like, 69, 70, um, Miles Davis records, Doyle and I fucking love those records. Oh, it's just, just like, holy shit, dude. Yeah. Killing me. Like, it, it, how were they doing that back then? I don't even know. It's Lots of drugs. John, I don't John know. John I mean, Glassman. just, yeah. just great influences people were doing. Uh, there's a, that, the Cellar Door recordings, you know that? I don't know, no. I think it was in Washington. He did, like, a... Like a test, it was like a precursor to In Silent Way, and it was just like, let's try this live and see how it works. It was really great, huh. really cool, and it's it, like three nights in Washington D.C. Really good, nice yeah. to do. It's a lot of music. Yeah, 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 but great. Um, yeah, I mean, I can only take so much of certain kinds of music, and then I need a break, you know. Uh, but yeah, like I love. Uh, I'm I'm really listening to a lot of '80s stuff. Like I'm I'm I just Cindy Lauper. I love her songwriting. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to appreciate certain kinds of pop music more than I ever thought I would. I just, you know, my di- my dad. I just want to make sure that I don't make some mistakes that he made. Like he listened to super cool music when he was in college and shit. Yeah. And then he he went off the deep end and he was listening to like what's the deep end <laughs> like boys to men and Ugh! luther van ross and like bad luther just i don't know soft rock for the soft 80s soft rock like shit yeah. i was like oh boy um, so i'm just trying to keep myself in check all the time you know yeah so with kids that's must be tough and you think you think having kids is kind of what mellows you out a little bit mm-hmm. or musically yeah, i think as i get older i chill i used to be off the walls crazy guy yeah i remember yeah, I've been. I was around you. Yeah, one of those. So I think I'm more uh, relaxed now, which is good. And that's why, like, the music we make now is a kind of a response to that. I think it's also, you know, we live in such a fucked up world and politics and all the shit that's going on, and we get news fed to us uh, more. So I feel like music can be a good um, reaction to that. It can be, um, you know, it can relax you, can do what anxiety medication can do in a way, you know, can Mm -hmm. put you somewhere. And so that's kind of like what I'm trying to do now when I'm, you know, kind of like the less is more approach. Just do less with less and see what kind of how well you can do that mm-hmm. uh, Mark Hollis from Talk Talk had this quote like you know before you play two, two notes learn how to play one note and don't play that one note unless you have a reason to play that note uh, that's where I'm trying to be I, I, I'm constantly stripping stuff away from stuff I write mm-hmm. but I, and I don't always realize it until after I hear it without playing the instrument because like for me when I play I can't uh, accurately critique because my brain is in play mode but if it gets recorded and then usually I have to wait a while too and then I listen to it back I can try to somewhat be a little more objective about it and 
usually I'm doing too much. Um, so, and then that's where Abby and I get in most of our fights musically. Yeah. Is when she'll write something that's just gorgeous, but there's like twice as many notes there as there probably should be. Mm -hmm. So I try to get her to strip it back, and she's like, no, this is what, you know, this is what, why are you always trying to tell me what to play, what to do? <laughs> and so we get in those battles. Is being married a hindrance or, or a help? That's being in a band. I think... Because how long have you all been married? Fifth, four, Fifth, 14. Oh, Holy shit. 14 years, yeah. Um, and, and the band's only been around for, what, two years? Yeah, a couple years, yeah. yep. And we haven't really played very many shows yet. We, we're going to record pro with uh, Nathan uh, next month. Nathan? Cowing. Cowing. Okay. Next month, and... Uh, I'd like to like make a video because I, I've got, nobody goes to shows anymore. No, nobody goes to shows. So the way you can get people to listen to music is sync it up with some visuals and throw it on the fucking internet, and people can they can t take their phone in when they poop and they can watch your music video. And find their motorcycle. Yeah. Or find their motorcycle. <laughs> but they can you know they can watch the music video. Yep. Um, this and do you think that's going to draw people to shows? No. Or do you, or do you think that's no, just... No, but it'll that's just the, that's expose what it is people now. to the music. Yeah, I feel like that's so kind of like what it is. Are you are you happy making music that's not... I mean, have you did you did, have you guys enjoyed performing live? Do you guys, is that something I, I like it a lot. Yeah, I like it a lot. Me too. I, I'm a bit of an extrovert. So, yeah, I like it. I... It was my first experience performing live in like a rock because mm -hmm. I'm a classical singer so I've only ever performed like recitals yeah things like that and one of the coolest things Abby has ever done as my wife was <laughs> I used to it play, wasn't marrying you though no no. <laughs> no I used to play drums in this band all night mm -hmm. we were like this really heavy slow heavy band and we ended up opening for this band Earth you familiar with them I love so, X is one of my favorite records, for sure. So, Abby was playing synth in All Night. She, why did you, well, why were you part, oh, because the bass player left. Bass player left, and I had to learn the entire set of music in like... Less than a week, right? Well, it was maybe two weeks, so that you could play the show. Yeah, so... My wife and I played on stage opening up for Earth in a band. It was super it's cool. Pretty, uh, yeah, it was super cool. Pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah. Where was is this in Maine? It was in Portland yeah. a couple of years ago. Uh, that's a great show. Yeah, yeah, it was really. And then I got Shellac a show in Portland a couple of years ago, and we got to hang out with Bob and Steve in the green room. Introduced. Steve was Abby. just here yesterday, two days ago. You interviewed him. No. Uh, oh wait, he was he, he was, was doing at Berkeley. Like, yeah, yeah, he yeah. was doing, uh, and this uh, a guy I interviewed the day before that was hosting it. Oh yeah, Kurt Ballou. Oh, my friend Drew O'Doherty was. He did. He's, at the, he sat here too. Yeah. He did this too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's cool. That was cool. It was totally yeah. out of my box. Todd Trainer took a real liking to Abby. Yeah. <laughs> what did he say to you? Well, he just uh, said that I. Voice, but he had only heard me speak for like 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> you have such a beautiful voice, he said. It was very flattering. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. It was cool. I, we were going to, I talked to Bob a couple times about re 
redoing the links, like remix, master, vinyl, all that stuff. You should. It's hard to find, honestly. I mean, I know it's on Spotify and shit like that, but it's, it's, yeah. it should be up on, I don't know, it's not on Bandcamp, which it should be. Yeah, I'll put it up there. Yeah, you should. And I mean, I tell everybody <laughs> doing this. And I, I think, got the Wicked Farley's record. I should put that on somewhere, too. You were saying that's hard to find. Yeah, so, I, yeah, that, that's something that I talk try to get people to talk about or try to get people of our generation, I think, just don't think about their music yeah. anymore and they don't think about putting it someplace where someone can get it. Yeah. Which is, yeah, like the Farley's record is not available. You can listen to it on YouTube. <laughs> really? It's only on YouTube? That's the only place you can get it, yeah. I bet. I don't think... I feel bad. Um, Broad is in some band. Yeah, he... Well, he DJed here, like it was kind of a yeah. I think a DJ week or two ago. He was he, here. He passed through Portland, and I was week ago supposed to go see ago. him and didn't. And yeah. now I feel like a shithead. It's alright, but I don't feel like I could put their music online without asking them first. No, and you probably have to talk to uh, what's big the top, big top guy. Um, and they it, tried to sign links. They wanted links, but we said no. Yeah, why not? Why? I don't know. I don't think the other bands on the label were a good fit for us. And they gave us it was pretty cool though. They're like, oh yeah, you got a tour van, all this shit. We'll do book all the stuff. And then I just feel like we took a hard, we took a way harder road. I booked all the shows on a telephone that had a cord. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, Wasn't even cordless. Nope. <laughs> I booked landline. And yeah, I got these huge bills because I was calling places all over the country. Yeah. Yeah, trying to get us shows and. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You said when you came back, you had a lot of anxiety. Big time anxiety. Was this from the tour? No, no I was going to have it anyway. It's just the way yeah. I was programmed, I think. Yeah. Uh, touring made it worse. Yeah, there were some bad things on tour that happened. Yeah. Um, I had like this little breakdown in a, at a rest stop while we were doing our laundry in Kansas or Nebraska. Mm hmm. Really bad. I was crying. Really, for I didn't even know why I was crying. Um, I was having a lot of weird physical symptoms that related to my anxiety. Hmm. I was having like pins and needles sensations in my head and arms. Really weird shit. Every day, I I thought I was gonna die. I was like, all right, I just something bad's gonna happen, and and I'm gonna die. I, was, I just hope you know, and I didn't want to die, but I just had this overwhelming sense of like doom and I was just super sad all the time looking back I was really sad but I was in denial about the sadness Paul seems to have had similar yeah problems or issues or just I think a lot of us have yeah I mean I think even Dale to an extent had some social anxiety yeah um, and do you and do you think that was just all wiring or do you think that was a part of well, probably the band too. The yeah, we weren't close as a band. We weren't, we didn't, you know, prop each other up when we were down. You know, mm -hmm. we when we toured, it was like every man for himself. Um, you know, there were plenty of times we'd wake up the next day, and you know, one of us was at some girl's house, and and you know, this is before cell phones, so you had to just wait around for their guy to get to the van so you could get to the next city. Yeah. Or, or call somebody that knew somebody, you know? It was just... And lots of drinking, lots of smoke, you know, pack of cigarettes a day. And, uh, you know, Dave didn't smoke, but he really did smoke because he was breathing all our second-hand smoke. Yeah. 
so yeah, just not living a very healthy life. You were young. Yeah, it I was mean, fun, but yeah. kind of self-destructive. So I came back, saw a therapist. Um, she just had, gave me um, these mental exercises, I guess, to do. Hmm. And slowly the anxiety went away. And then it came back a little bit, and then it kind of went away. It would go away for a year or two, three, and come back a little bit for a couple months, and go. Then it, it came back really good about, I don't know, a couple years ago. And I decided to go on a low dose of Zoloft, which has really helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. I feel like the way I did before I ever had anxiety. Um, Is that hard to remember now? Or you... Not now, but it, it would have been. Yeah. Before, yeah. Yeah. So I feel really good. Good. Yeah. Uh, what kind of exercises? It's interesting. Oh, so a couple of them were. No, this is before the tapping thing. This is way before that. This was like, um, if you're in a situation or in a room, you start feeling anxiety, just leave the room. doesn't matter what you're doing, who you're talking to. If you're in a class, if you're at work, mm-hmm. go take a walk. If you, you know, just leave the, remove yourself from the environment. Um, and then, the other, you know, tell yourself, you know, this is just anxiety. Uh, it's happened before. I've, you know, it always goes away. It's going to go away again. Just tell yourself that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, but I remember there were a couple times where I had to use the. I, I went into Amato's and ordered an Italian sandwich one day. Everything was fine. My my life was perfect. And I'll, I'm waiting for them to make the sandwich, and I start having this massive. I'm overcome with panic, you know. So I just leave. I just left, and I walked up and down the sidewalk. I think I walked around the building and it worked. Instead of it la- that lasting for, you know, 15, 20 minutes, half hour, it lasted for th- two minutes, three minutes. So I noticed that these things she was having me do uh, were working. And uh, yeah, I just don't, uh, th- that wasn't working this time around. So what was tr- What triggers it? I don't know. I wish I knew. Uh, for me, my theory is that when things in life are really good, um, and I've got nothing to worry about, my brain makes something for me to work mm. to worry about because it's that. That's how my I'm wired. Um, it, you know, if there's a crisis uh, around me, I don't have anxiety. I'm too busy dealing with that crisis. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just you know whatever's going on in my life at the time. But apparently, it's a chemical thing too in your brain. Sure. Yeah. They, the weird thing is, they don't even know how these drugs work. No. They can't even tell you how how Zoloft. They just know. Works. They just, they just not, keep they on doing shit until it fucking sticks. With enough people. <clears throat> yeah, they get the numbers they want. Somebody's figuring out. Somebody yeah. in a fucking tower somewhere is figuring this shit out. Yeah. Um, do you think that the motorcycle thing was kind of? happen because of the anxiety it seems like a good way to keep your mind that's actually a good point yeah maybe yeah and I mean art I I do artwork every now and again too I like to draw portraits there's a a drawing Portland Drawing Society in Portland yeah Um, I did that for I haven't done it in probably a year or so I backed out but you know every Sunday we will we'll have a guest come in and draw, draw portraits of that person um, so I, that's kind of 
therapy for me. Not a yeah, big, not a big sure. reader. I did. I half read a really good <laughs> book um, when we. I think we took a vacation or something. I've done that. Yeah, and it, there's no reason I didn't finish it. It was oh. really fucking good. Blood Meridian. Blood Meridian. Yeah. Oh, finish that fucking book. Yeah, I'm I was I, well. I gotta start it over now. It's been so long. I forget. Yeah. I, I mean, I gotta start it again. That is like the bloodiest, most like the imagery is insane. Yeah. The the way he comes across on that is just insane. It's a great book. Why hasn't that been made into a movie yet? They've tried. It's too big, I think. And really? it's such a it's such an important American novel yeah. that I think anybody who did it would just even if they wanted to respect They'd it, get criticized. They, oh yeah. The, um, Sorry, I fucking forget the dude's name. Um, someone's tried to do it. Oh. And they've made... Uh, he's made another movie, an- another one of Cormac McCarthy's books, a new movie. Um, uh, it was about the, the albino kid. I forget the name of the book. Uh, God's Child, I think it's called. Oh. Um, I forget the name of the guy's name, though. It doesn't matter. Uh, it seems that this... The three of you in Lynx... Like the anxiety there, kind of translate into the music a lot. Probably, yeah, I would say, yeah, yeah. Hey, by the way, I think when you interviewed Dale, he—I know I'm the guy that's known for not having a great memory, but he wasn't quite. Was um, he com- conflating? Yeah, he was a little. There were some inaccuracies oh, there. Shit. I, I was—I was meaning to address him today, but I'm not going to address the inaccuracies. You should. No. We'll just let it go. Well, I, Absolutely. <laughs> don't. Don't. No. I want to make it straight. No, Listen, fine. no, you should. Right, they're, they're and not he's not. Gonna, and you know, Dale, he's not going to be offended. He doesn't give well, a he fuck. He doesn't give a shit. No, I will say that, and I, I said it in in the interview, or at least the intro. Uh, that is like the most real Dale has ever been. Oh yeah, he talks. Like, see, he and I, I feel like have reversed in terms of our social. Like when I met him mm-hmm. in, in my that apartment in Boston, he was quiet. He was always his head oh, yeah. down. He was always really quiet. He didn't really talk a lot. He always had a fucking nasty beer with a brown bag around it. And he did a nasty really, attitude. Yeah, and, and I talked all the time, incessantly. <laughs> and now, in a room, if he and I were in a room, he would definitely be talking more than I would. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. He for sure. The most at yeah. <laughs> It's yes. weird. We've done. Uh, we've both done a one eighty. <laughs> uh, well, do you, let's address this shit. All um, right. Well, I'm trying to remember what some of these. Look, you want, do you want to go through links? Do you want to start? So you grew up in Maine. There was something at the 16 minute mark of his interview. Oh, oh fuck! I, do you want to play it back? No, I, I meant to play, record it and bring it in. But you should have. I'd love for you to come in and just be like, "This is I, wrong." This is what he said, <laughs> and this is the real story. I was going to do that, but. Building the basement, building a kids' room in our basement. So, so every time I have some free time, so I'm doing. Gotta keep busy, put, man. Putting up sheetrock. If I weren't here, I'd be working in the garden. That's that's where my life. Oh, you're at. a gardener. Yeah, yeah, my son Noah. That's what he does. He's yeah, guy. he's got a lot of stuff in the little pots right now. So um, okay, so, so yeah, we can start. Let's well, talk so about links. Okay, I mean, so yeah, we're going back to 72 Calumet Street. Yeah. Dale lived with Dan McCarthy next door. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Nathan, didn't Nathan live next door too? 
I can't remember. Nathan and Moore or Nathan Cowling? Cowling. And yeah, and then I lived at 72 Calumet with Paul Joyce, Scott Boncristiano. We had some rotating. Finney was there mm-hmm. all the time. And then Eric Catalano came, but then left. And then I think John McWilliams came for a bit and then left. And going up and down the bedrooms to see who was sleeping in all these bedrooms. Uh, I think I'm missing somebody. I feel bad. Anyway, yeah, and there were a bunch of bands in the basement. Yeah. Was, um, but Lynx started because Glands ended. I was mm-hmm. in a band. Um, I, Paul Joyce moved in an apartment with me on the third floor, and we were both kind of poor college kids. We didn't go out. We were too young to drink at a bar. Yeah. And so, yeah, we just wrote music. But he, I wrote stuff on acoustic guitar, and he played drums, like, on his lap. And we wrote a whole album of songs like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we recorded them, and we played some shows. Uh, not many. And then, I'm trying to remember why that ended, but... I think there were a lot of people uh, in a lot of bands, and there was some cross-contamination there. There Bands starting and stopping, and people moving around, and living situations moving around. And uh, while I was doing that with Paul, the gland stuff, that we eventually did record in Keith's basement, I was also kind of showing David how to play guitar. And he and I would get together Mm -hmm. with two acoustic guitars and play and write. And we started... I liked the stuff that he was writing. It was different than the stuff that I wrote. And he and I talked about trying to write so that our guitars could go together. Mm -hmm. And uh, once I I thought things were starting to sound decent I uh, I asked Paul and I started asking around Paul said yeah I'll play uh, I'll do it he's like I'm busy but I'll do it that's the one thing Dale got wrong Dale said uh, Paul never wanted to do it and he had to be begged that's not really true mm-hmm. um, the hardest part was we didn't have a drummer he said but I think Paul said if you find a drummer uh, you know a decent drummer yeah and you he said to me, if you get it together, you put it together. He's like, I'm bi- I got my other I shit. Yeah. I'm doing Dagobah. I'm doing Robots. I'm doing Failing Too more. much fucking shit. He was doing all kinds of shit. Plus, he was also f- messing around and what was it called? Bluebird or something like that? Some band. With- he was spreading himself so thin. Mm. And everybody wanted Paul in their band. Sure. Talented guy. Talented guy. Multi-instrumentalist. Supposedly, he's pretty funny. I don't know. Supposedly. <laughs> no, he's all serious now. He's not funny anymore. <laughs> um... Fucking kids. Yeah. Yeah. Last time I saw him, I think we were walking through the museum with yeah. his his uh, kids. Daughter. His daughter. Yeah. He's like, "This is Monet." Yeah. <laughs> Look, don't touch. <laughs> yeah. So he said, "You know, if you put something together, you know, I think he was probably like, you know, if it put something together, if it looks good to me, we'll we'll talk essentially, mm-hmm. you know." So I knew, okay, I've got Paul, uh, me and Dave. I need a drummer. So we tried. With Finney, we had a couple practices with Finney, but it wasn't gelling, and something about 
his the way he played drums to the what we were doing on guitar didn't it sounded a little off like mm-hmm. it, it didn't sound right um and then yeah i don't know how, how many one or two other people or not i can't remember but yeah i finally got the courage to ask dale cuz at back then i didn't he made me feel uncomfortable it was, yeah. it was hard to approach it's him. difficult to talk to he was not now but he was then, yeah. then for sure mm-hmm. for me anyway for a lot of people so for I me built, i built up the courage and i finally asked him and i think he might have said no at first sounds like dale yeah and then i maybe i begged a little bit and then he <laughs> got down there and the very first practice i was i was like whoa this is fucking it this is it like it was magic to yeah. me. It was like magic. Oh, absolutely. So, and I think we all knew it. Like, we all knew it was, this is good. So, mm. yeah, and then the rest was just, I think, like, fortuitous. Things kind of happened in the right place at the right time. We played that show at the Middle East with Sweep the Leg Johnny, and the guy came and he gave me his, he asked me for a phone number, and which I thought was weird. Um, and then he called me two weeks later, three weeks later, on a landline telephone. And he said, okay, I booked you, get a pen and paper, I booked you guys a tour. You told me you had a van, so we're, gonna, we're getting you out to Chicago. I was like, shut the fuck up. So yeah, it was crazy. I wrote down all these dates and clubs, and and we, we dropped whatever we were, you know, we were in school still, I think. Yeah, we were. And we did a sh- tour out of Chicago. It was awesome. We met some of our people we idolized yeah. on that tour. And the show we played in Chicago, Bob Weston walks in the fucking door. And he walks up to us like he knows us. And it was like I was in a movie about somebody else's life. It was really weird. <laughs> He's like, yeah, we've been, we knew you. There's a buzz about you guys yeah, here in shit. Chicago. You got some clout people already. People know, people know you're coming. You're gonna. It was wicked fucked up. So, yeah, we moved to Chicago. We signed to the record label with, uh, yeah, our friend Dave and uh, Box Factory Records. He was too good to us, and yeah, we just, you know, people. We made friends with the, some really cool people. I mean, I think that's how David ended up getting in battles. Yeah. You know, he, he knew Ian from all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, I remember... We... Lynx was in our van at the Middle East. This is when we lived in Boston still. Mm-hmm. And we were... At a show that I think it was supposed to be Storm and Stress was playing. And they got caught up in traffic. They got there late and they couldn't play the show. Yeah. So, Ian Williams was outside. And I said, hey guys, we should go ask, let him know that if he comes back to Boston, have links open up for him. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you go do that. (laughs) So I'm like, all right. So I go, hey, 
uh, hey, my name's Mike. I introduced myself. Uh, my band Links would love to open up for you guys. It would be awesome. It would be a great fit, I think. He, and I spelled the word L-Y-N-X like that. Like yeah. Links. So he's like, okay. I had no idea that he would remember that. Eight months later or so, the Middle East calls us. Don Cab's playing a show downstairs. They want you to open. It was... Yeah, so sometimes you never know. You take a chance. Somebody remembers shit. How the fuck did he remember that? You make an impression. I mean, obviously, you were making impressions all That's over crazy. America, apparently. I mean, people were people knew you before you knew. I remember in Missoula, Montana, we played a show. And there was this guy. You know, usually the, our crowd was like 20 and 30-something kids, you know? Mm-hmm. And there was this like 55, 60-year-old guy in the audience watching us, loving it. Like, I could tell he was loving it. For sure. And he, t- you know, after we're done, he comes up and he's talking to me. And he's just like, oh, you got, you remind me of those bands I used to see back in the day. Ma- Mahavishnu Orchestra. King <laughs> Crimson. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's bringing up all that stuff. And I'm like, shut up, dude. But, you know, it was flattering stuff. Uh, I I worked at Newberry. Dale was there. For a long time. <clears throat> Which and, one? Uh, when that record came out, I was working in Natick. Oh. Um, but I... I would sell that record to so many older guys. Like, we would have it <laughs> on it. Which would, record? The, the Lynx record. No. Yeah. Um, and another, another thing we used to do is we'd be like, if you like these two records, you'll like this. So I put, like, King Crimson Red and, like, Van Halen, and people fucking bought it. Oh, that is so... So we owe you some money. New York Comics probably owes you money. That you, that if you go over there, they'll be like, I'm here for my... Uh, <laughs> My, my, my royalty check where the fuck is it royalty? yeah yeah I don't know I, I've gone back and forth with uh, Bob Weston he's got that mastering service in Chicago yeah. and I just but that, there's two ways to do it one way is expensive and the other way is cheaper you know you can just remaster from the well, hold on what is it you take the the half inch mix and just remaster it mm-hmm. or you take the two-inch uh, reels and remix, totally remix and remaster. I thought the record always sounded pretty great. No, the bassist is lacking big time. But yeah, I, and Dale expressed that he had problems with it. But I feel like Dale had problems with everything he, he ever did. So I yeah. took it with a grain of salt. Yeah, no, without a doubt, if you really listen to Paul's bass on that whole recording, mm-hmm. it's way lower than it should be. And I feel like if you brought the bass up, it would. It's a tough we would mix. sound a little bit heavier. It's a thin recording. It's idea. a tough mix because you're all playing clean. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. We didn't use effects. I know. It's a guitar plugged into an amp. A yeah. guitar plugged into an amp. A bass plugged into an amp. Yeah. And we should have ha- done like an unplugged. <laughs> Links unplugged. Uh, I don't know if it would sound that much different than plugged I, I, in, really. Yep. Just go out to the right, take another right, and it's on your left. It's the first one, though. Right, right, left. Right, right, left. Um. Yeah, it'd be great to see uh, Dale play bongos for that. Oh yeah, or just you know the box you sit on that you hit yeah, the side. Sure. Yeah, just one of those. That'd be great. That'd be great. Yeah, but then tons of cymbals. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, I would. That would be one record that I would really love to have on on record. Me too. Yeah, it'd be great. I've I've thought about doing just. Like, but it's money. Oh And sure. then there's a label. You know, the old label's not there. So then who puts it out and all that shit. You could find someone to put it out, no doubt. Know. Fuck, I'd, I'd fucking help you put it out. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that was the thing. And 
Yeah, I'd have to talk to the guys. I talked to... Dale is on board. Dave is on board as well. The last time I saw Dave, I think it was at a battle show, he and I talked for a while. We talked about that. And he's, mm-hmm. he, I think he was just busy then. I think he's less busy now. And Paul's coming out of his... Did you see Paul played? What? With robots? No. Yeah, robots went in. Why do you keep touching that? Because the screen's going oh. dim, and I want to make sure it's still recording because I'm paranoid about it. Oh. Um, yeah, robots went in and recorded with Keith. With Paul? And Paul was there. Yeah, I can show you a video after. Yeah. Um, when was that? Uh, last week. Who, who, how did that happen? Nathan talked to his brother. Because Vinny's talked... busy with his own little band there. Yeah, he didn't, he just released that on... Yeah. That, which... Which he sent it to me a couple weeks ago, and I was like, "It's pretty fucking good." Yeah, I tried uh, the whole thing. Yeah, and he did it mostly. I think a lot of it by himself. Um, but yeah, I think Finney's like, "Do you think we can get Paul?" And Finney's like, "I don't know. I'll ask him." And he he's like, "Do you want to?" And he he lives like right down the street. He's kind of bored. Paul, he's just a stay at home dad. Yeah, it you seems know? like it, it's 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 up his alley. It's what so was it was it old was it re-recording old stuff? No, or was it new, new stuff. New robots. Which like, you know, doesn't sound anything like old robots. Right, well. Now it's just, you know, it's it's like more rock, straightforward. Straightforward rock. Yeah, yeah that's what Nathan's doing now. Yeah, which is great. It's, and, you know, we, I mean, robots had other whole people. Nathan's the only constant member, I think. Yep. For a while, that other guy was the lone base there. So at, when after, after you come back from this tour that it sounded from what I from what Dale explained it and from what you tell me about your yeah anxiety. I remember we were driving <coughs> we were on 90 leaving Chicago heading back we had more shows to play mm-hmm. we're, and there's the whole skyline of Chicago and I remember we said when we get back to Boston we're going to move there. Nathan Cowling was living there. Mm-hmm. Hold on. When we went on that first tour, was Nathan Cowling living there? I know he was living there. Yeah, he must have been. He must have been. And, uh, yeah, we decided right then and there in the van, we're, we're, we're going to, all four of us agreed, we're moving to Chicago. It wasn't even a, a question. Yeah. We were young. There was interest. We, there was a buzz. We were you gotta, excited. You gotta, yeah. We felt good. We felt like we were writing really good music. Got to jump on it. Yeah, that's you know how many times do you get opportunities? And even if it you know if it goes wrong, at least you said you did it. Right. Yeah, my parents were against it. I remember not strongly, but they were like, oh, because actually I had another class to take. I had finished my major, but I still had one more elective before I could to have enough credits to graduate. So when we moved to Chicago. I just took a, uh, I just took an equivalency test in Spanish, no, and got got my three credits and, and oh yeah yeah, but I don't think Paul ever graduated. Dave never graduated. They they literally went like ninety seven percent of the way and then yeah stopped. <laughs> a lot of people like that. I went seventy five percent of the way and didn't oh, finish. Fucking oh, dumb, right? Yeah. But if I went back now, I'd be like, fuck this bullshit. I couldn't yeah. do it. I don't think I could do it. Yeah, I thought about going for a master's in architecture. but Really? Yeah. Yeah, my school offers it now. If you went there, so I could just go one year, 12 full months, and get a master's. See, now, if that... But it's like $35,000. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Would you have the time? 
Well, you have no. to live there. I oh, really? To, uh, some old professors they're like, you can't remotely do this. You can't travel down three days. What you, you've got to live here. That's a requirement. So Oof. it would mean like either I move down there alone, or we the whole family moves down for a year. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a big to yeah. do. Yeah. No thanks. Yeah. No. Logistics. Could you, could you do it up there? Well, I'm already taking my exams, so yeah. I, I don't really need to. I don't need the masters anymore. You know. Hmm. Uh, you have to get licensed. You need to take six, roughly four-hour exams. Mm-hmm. So I've been studying. How's that? Sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Were you Were you good at school? Were you? Yeah, I was one of those kids who got decent grades and never brought any books home. Or, you know, <laughs> fuck you. Yeah. I I did well in my SATs and never didn't really study for anything. Yeah. You know, I was never superb. I just kind of glided by. If you can get B's, you're doing pretty well. Yeah. But doing nothing. Yeah, I graduated college with like a 3.3. I mean, hey. You know, I barely applied. I saw more (laughs) shows, you know. But then I missed a bunch of shows. I missed the first time Shellac came. Everybody went except me. Where was this? Was this? I wanted to my time to schoolwork. Wow. I I think it was at like a club. Really? Downstairs? Yeah, I think so. Maybe. I think, yeah, I saw them downstairs once. TTs. No, maybe downstairs, yeah. Yeah, and then I saw them at the Chinatown that one time. Yeah, they played the morning and afternoon shows. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I went to one of those. Yeah, that was cool. Remember so they, you're, so they you're... collected the cameras? Hey, have we got cameras? Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, when, when he was you'll like... Get, you'll get these back at the end. Fucking asshole. <laughs> See, this is, this is why he... I liked That's that why shit. Steve fucking kind of pisses me off with that shit. But now, like... Again, getting older yeah. and whatever, he is totally chilled out to that shit. Like, yeah, he's like, I, I got, he's it. like, I got to make a living. Can't, yeah. I, you know, yeah, I got to keep money rolling in the door to do what I want. But I do. liked that whole DIY. You know, I put shellac in there with like Fugazi. They, their shows are affordable. Yeah, you know, I wanted to go see Blonde Redhead at Three S Art Space mm-hmm. in uh, Portsmouth when in like a couple months, thirty-seven bucks. Fuck that. I can't pay thirty-seven bucks. I love that band, but I can't pay thirty-seven bucks. Yeah, like I'm going to see Jawbox. How much? Uh, twenty bucks Ugh, plus see, plus fucking plus fees. Yeah. See? So it turns out to be thirty or whatever. And of course, I got to go to both shows because I never saw them when I was a kid. Yeah. So now I'm into like sixty. Oh, and then my wife wants to go. Oh, there you go. So that's one hundred twenty dollars. Do you have kids? No. I have a dog. <laughs> I have a dog. You He's, she, be, she's you like don't a, have kids. You must be so rich, though. Rich? Uh, I'm making more money than I ever thought I would. Oh, that's good. And I'm—I certainly am not living check to check anymore, which is very nice. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm 41. It's taken this long. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. Um. So how was Chicago? Chicago was good, but I was—I was having anxiety. And so this is where it started. Stuff. Do you think? Uh, no, probably before that. Probably yeah. Before. Yeah. Um, it was good. I had a bike. I rode it everywhere I went. Mm-hmm. Um, I was living with a girlfriend who, one time we got in a fight and she punched me right in the fucking face. Fucked up my face. Um, after she did that, I was like, well, good for you. Good for you. You got one good fucking punch. <laughs> And then I had to, like, I pinned her on the ground after that. She was, like, acting a little irrational. Mm-hmm. 
So I pinned her on the ground until she stopped fighting, and then I left the house and slept somewhere else that night. But the next day at work, I was like, oh, shit. I worked at a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. All the customers, you know, I'm not going to put makeup on that shit, so every single person was asking about what happened. You got a shiner? Yeah, I go, yeah, my girlfriend punched me. Did you deserve it? Really? <laughs> Did I? D- no. The whole fight started because I wiped a little whipped cream on her elbow. And then it well, that fucking set me off, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great, Whipped I, cream? Great girl. Sour cream, fine. I'm not going to say, you know, none of us are perfect. <laughs> yeah. Was this leading down a path of, like, this blowing up the whole thing? No, no, we, we had a similar, like, we were both really, we liked living minimally, mm-hmm. and we were both really clean. Yeah. We there was never dishes in the sink really everything was don't come to my house put away <clears throat> we had just this IKEA furniture very sim- simple uh, yeah and she's an artistic girl I always loved her artwork mm-hmm. uh, a unique individual very cool uh, well it just didn't work out mm-hmm. um, and uh, I had my bike stolen I I went home one day. And I put my bike on the back porch of my house in Chicago. And I slid my sliding doors open that go right into the bedroom. And off the bedroom, there was a washer-dryer. And I just quickly put the stuff from the washer into the dryer. And then I come out, my bike's gone. Fuck! It was like less than a minute. A minute and a half, maybe. Gone. I looked down the alley... I run out, I look down, the, there's no sign of there, there was ever anybody there. I mean, that was crazy. So yeah, I got my bike still, and then I just had to get another one. Was that what that town was like? Yeah, time? nice and flat, so you just ride your bike everywhere. It was really a flat town. No, I don't think anybody else had, uh, there was, it was a big city, but... Mm-hmm. And my backyard was fenced in. I didn't get it. There was a peach tree in the backyard. You could just pick peaches off and eat them. Nice. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And th- so that apartment, I ended up living in there because... Do you ever hear that band, Adivin? Yeah. So Chris Carruthers from Adivin lived in that apartment. And I needed a place to live. So he moved to California. And he said when he leaves to move he'll just talk to his landlord and, and I can just take right over mm-hmm. which is how it worked it was pretty and it was in a nice area what uh, it sound North, like? North Damon I think it was on the border of like Ukrainian village and Wicker Park mm-hmm. it, it was really in a nice I think I know where that is nice area I liked that apartment a lot mm. Chicago's nice I mean parts of it yeah I, I remember walking down the street in that neighborhood and there was this guy, his name was Rockin' Billy. He, he had a sign outside of his apartment that said mm-hmm. Rockin' Billy. And I was like, what the fuck is that? And Rockin' Billy pops his head out. He's like, hey, man. And he invites me in. And I, I go into his, <laughs> into his apartment. And he's got all this shit up on the walls. And he's talking about how he gives guitar lessons. And he plays guitar and all this stuff. And... I hung out with him in his apartment for like an hour. We just shot the shit. He asked me what I did. I told him I was playing in a band. Hmm. And then I just left. There were like lots of weird random experiences. Great community. That I had there. Yeah, it was fun. cool. Don't and then when I discovered there's a big underground 
in downtown Chicago, there's a huge underground walkway that takes you from one part of the loop to the other. Really? That goes under the, between the foundations of all these buildings and under streets and shit. And there's like stores and restaurants and all kinds of shit there. It was like in the last month or two that I lived there that I discovered this. Easy. Yeah, it was really cool. I'm gonna go to there. I'm going. To, I'm going to Chicago in a couple months. Oh, I just t- I took my Did my wife there. there. No. No. I'm gonna we, go there though. Where? Yeah, you should check it out. I wish I could remember what it's called. <clears throat> I remember I had some steak and eggs there one time. The the industry there. museum there is fucking. Did you guys go? Did you go see that? No. Oh, I love it there. What it we was do? like 13 below zero when we went. Oh yeah, it was really it snowy. Was oh, was that the cold really snap? Cold. It was yeah, New it was Year's. Last year. Last New Year's, right? The one before, yeah, the, one the one before, before last year, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. It was so cold. It was the first time I'd ever been there. There's this but I like fucking gigantic hotel that has this demon's name on it, and it was right across the street from, oh, where, fuck we, that. from where we were. Is that like in downtown? Yeah. It's probably, right. I'm probably staying at the place, the same place you were. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to look at your window and fuck. see that fucker's name. I should bring my BB gun and blow out the windows. <laughs> I didn't say that. Cut that out, Eric. <laughs> fucking have the secret service on me. Um, so what else? Can yeah. I so like what? So I, Chicago I, was good to you and <clears throat> the band. And when did you go on this like fifty date horrific band ending? It was I think it was forty seven. That was a big one to book. Yeah. So you did you did all this. You were talking about an earlier landline. Yeah, Dale wanted to. Dale really wanted to. Yeah, because before that it was just like we'd go off for like a week or two weeks or something. Mm-hmm. But Dale wanted to do this, you know, big one. How were the small tours? Were they pretty successful? Yeah, we would sometimes go up to um, Madison, Milwaukee, mm-hmm. or sometimes Madison. go down to like St. Louis and play at the Rocket Bar down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's not there's nothing between Chicago and St. Louis, so yeah. Um, we met up with some cool bands and played some cool shows, you know, when we, I tried to do it so that when we were in the Baltimore area, we'd try to play with Oxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, we met up with this band, the French Kicks, I think, played oh, yeah. a couple shows with those guys. We traded porn magazines. It's an interesting matchup for y'all. In San Luis Obispo, I remember, we traded porn magazines with them. <laughs> uh, That's one thing that Dale talked about. Having some alone time when you're on tour. Yeah. Yeah, he did that. Paul had a lot of alone time. Yeah. Uh, And then we got to play at the off-ramp in Seattle. It was kind of cool. The place Mm. that Nirvana used to play at. Oh, cool. It's kind of neat to do that kind of shit, you know. Uh, We played in San Antonio. Did Dale tell the story of me getting beat up in San Antonio? No. Let's do it. Oh. It was a, there was a poetry slam. Yeah, right there. Hundreds in of trouble. people. Hundreds of people. Hundreds of people for a poetry slam. Yes, it was fucking crazy. I think the I think it was really full. Fifteen people at a poetry slam. It was really full. There, there were <coughs> like like big doormen bouncer guys at this poetry slam. Jesus Christ! There was no band playing except us. We uh-huh. were the only band, so it was like a poetry slam with like this band thrown in at the end. I didn't know that was the setup until we got there yeah. because I booked this show through. A guy who books shows there, and he's like, mm. "Oh, I'll, I'll take care of getting you guys a show. This is the show he got us." So we played pool in the back of the room for hours, and we talked to the MC guy. We're like, "When do we go on?" "Oh, don't worry, you'll go on, you'll go on." And then 10 p.m., 11 p.m., 12 p.m., 
they, I think they closed at one. So we had all of our stuff set up on stage already, and the poets read their poetry. And uh, we decided that if it still doesn't look like we're going on, that at around 12.30, we'll just get up there and, and just play. Which we thought was fair. We drove hours and loaded in shit and set it up to play. Yeah. There was probably not even a guarantee. We had no idea if if or what we were getting paid. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Dale clicked the sticks. and When he came, we came into the song, it started off really loud. The, the guy that was reading this poetry freaked out and jumped off stage. <laughs> and... Uh, <sighs> So the, at first it seemed like the crowd was like kind of like into it. They were digging it. And then what I didn't see, because I was looking down, mm-hmm. um, was that Dale had thrown one of his drumsticks and it hit the MC like square Whoa. in the forehead, right in the middle. And he threw it so hard that the guy was like, there was blood coming out of this gash in his forehead. And him and his friends got really pissed. So they rush the stage, and they, they just throw Dale's drums over. They go up, and they unplug guitars, and this one older dude gets to me, and he just starts wailing on me. He's like, I'm going to fucking kill you. Jesus. Rips my guitar off of me. And so I'm just cowering down at the, at the back wall of the room, and this guy's just pounding on me. And I was the furthest away from the bouncers and the door, so, I don't think any of the other guys in the band got, got hit. No. Was it an accident? The stick? Yeah. No. Oh, Jesus Christ. What is he, fucking bullseye? Oral How he throws a fucking stick and fucking hit. <laughs> so, uh, I know, I mean, I remember him six flying out of his hand all the time. And, all, and usually it flew out of his hand and hit him in the face. Yeah, yeah. It was generally, like, self-afflicted. Yeah. Um, yeah, his, and that was the first time a poetry slam ever ended in a fucking. Dale always has blood on his drum heads. He he sometimes will hit the the rim with his mm-hmm. hand, and it'll just spray blood. So what I remember from being on tour was Dale's drum heads were always covered in blood. Yeah. One time we played in Salem, Oregon, Eugene, Oregon, and he had at the the last song he threw his sticks up in the air, and they both stuck into the yeah. ceiling. It was like a drop ceiling. Uh, Is he back to wearing his glaucoma glasses? What? He always wears sunglasses. He used to wear oh, those oh, yeah, no, um, so, he, so he wouldn't whack himself in the eye anymore? Does he in practice? <laughs> no. Okay, no, I don't think so. No. But we, we get on good, Dale and I. Yeah. Yeah, he's... he's so where do you, like where do you see this band going? So I don't you're know. Gonna I, I, a video, like we're going to make a video. Maybe the next year or so. <laughs> the long, the long plan. No, I was. A, we we went a to the studio. We didn't make a video. Maybe the next year. Maybe <laughs> Here we, it's a song called "Here We Go Again" by DJ Jazzy Jeff. Oh, cool. right. uh, we have a show June fourteenth. Where's that? With, with this band, Ghost Trees. Mike Brown helped us get them. Oh, cool. Talking to him soon. Yep. Ghost Trees, Height, and this local acoustic duo called Nena. So that'll be fun. Is that in Portland? Yeah, in Portland, yeah. Um, and you're gonna be we're trying to work on like a Boston or Providence show this summer. And you're going to record a record? We're going to record and hopefully, you know, mix it, master it, turn it into a record. Great. 
Yeah, we've got a whole album's worth of stuff already. Are you gonna do? You know, look for someone to put it out, or I'd like to. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll. Nathan Cowie and I brought up maybe starting a label and just putting it out that way. Yeah. Then we could do the length record, maybe. Absolutely, should do that. You would sell. It would sell. It would. Oh yeah, I think so. Um, I would promote the shit out of it, and like I said, I would help you with it. Anything I could do to help. Um, and that what that's one thing that I think I talked to you a little bit about was like trying to get a, de- a database online of all this shit. Yeah. You know, and putting it up for free. And yeah. and and I would, you know, as a service, I would just I would manage all of it for everybody who doesn't want to do it. That'd be cool. Basically, that'd be know? really cool. Yeah. yeah. I just don't, and I, I wouldn't charge anybody, and I wouldn't charge any money money for the music. You know. Yeah. So there would be it would just you know, nonprofit kind of shit. But. Yeah. The online music database. Yeah, of, for of all little, this, little known forgotten bands. Yeah, um, and there's plenty of places that do that sort of thing. Obviously, you can do it on Bandcamp, but there's other places that are you can do you know that are far more advanced than that. Like I could host this thing on there, and I could do like a blog about the bands, and anybody who wanted to write anything could you know. It, I thought about it. It's just a lot of time. Some there's this kid that run, he's one of the people that runs this website called Fecking Bahamas. Do you know that website? No. Anyway, it's a website called Fecking Bahamas. It's a Don Cab reference. Okay. And they, they're like this math rock website. So uh, he interviewed me for the website. Oh, yeah. And I gave an interview and da-da-da, and I'm talking about glands and how kind of like links came, came out of that. Like I feel like glands was like, the idea incubator for what Lynx ended up being. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh my God, people are loving this stuff. We're getting tons of views. We we want to do a whole thing on, on glands. So they got, you know, picture a couple pictures of Paul and I and from that era and um, that glands music that we recorded never got released by anybody mm-hmm. ever. But it was like, I think pretty well re- Recorded. Who'd you do that with? It was that with, with, with Keith. Keith? Yeah, in his mom's basement. All right, right. And so they put that on their website, and uh, yeah, I guess that got a pretty cool response. Yeah, the out of the ones that I've done, you you got your that whole group. Yeah, gets the most listens. Like Nathan Moore got it has the most listens right now. Nathan Moore. Yeah. Oh, cool. And then behind that is um, Mark McKay. I don't know Mark McKay. He's a drummer for Slapshot. Oh. He was the drummer for Slapshot, so. Oh, wow. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. So, there certainly is, and this is why I wanted to do it, because there certainly is people, are people who remember it, and. Right. Before and, these people die, you can get something. Yeah. On the internet, and it'll be there forever. It'll right. It'll never go away. And that's the thing, like, people, I think, you know, I don't want people to forget. It's like an oral forget. Yeah, yeah, exactly, because it was such a, I really loved that fucking scene. Oh, the Boston music scene was at that time. Was, I feel like I we were in the right place at the right time. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like we were in Boston while the Wicked Farley. Like I loved all the Wicked Farley's guys. Mm-hmm. All of them in different ways were great fucking people. Yes. I, I forget that tall thin bass player's name, but Rob. Oh, no, no. Rob. Yeah, yeah. It was two R- Robs. R- Rob. Rob. Yeah, the guitar player and then the bass player. Yeah. <clears throat> So, you know, Ken, the drummer, I follow him. He's talking doing to, his rah rah riot thing. I'm talking to Ken next week. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. That's cool. And then Rob is playing with Kurt Vile. Oh, really? In his band. Yeah? 
He's doing well. He moved. He just moved back here. He said. Really? Yeah. He moved, well, back here. He's in New York, but. Rob, yeah. the guitar player. Oh, no, yeah. no, no. Uh, Ken. Oh yeah. Yeah. Huh. And then yeah, Broder's off in. I think he's living in Austin. Yeah, he lives in Texas. Oh, Houston, I think. Houston, Houston, Houston. Yeah. So. That's cool. Yeah, I think uh, we were. It was um, just a great scene, and then victory at sea. They were fucking great, you know. We were spoiled. Yeah. Yeah, it was some real solid music, and we all were I think supportive it was like a, of each other. It was a solid 10-year period. That and then Day Go By, you can't forget, they, their shows were just mm-hmm. fucking outstanding. Like, they were so professional-sounding yeah. for, for teenagers. Mm-hmm. Like, I had known Paul for many, many months before I ever knew that he was even a musician, let alone ever played in a band. Like yeah, he, he never talked about it. I think the, the three of them are perfectionists. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's where I learned a lot of that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. live, you know, playing with people better than you, it makes you better. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. It was like I was getting lessons every day. <laughs> no, I, 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 I mean, just playing in a band alone, when I first started playing, I was... I mean, I'm still terrible, but... Yeah, uh, I still am, too. Playing... <laughs> really? But I'm sure you learn a lot from, from Abby. Your, yeah, yeah from she tried Abby. to teach me piano. I couldn't do it. I think there's certain people who can think linear yeah, like that. I can't. I can't think like that. But I have, I, know I'm, I have like a cyclic good. mind where a guitar is very cyclic. Yeah, I like the black keys better than the white ones, you know. Yeah, all the, you want they all sound, the minor. Yeah. Yeah. They just sound cooler. Yeah. I so wish I could play more, you know. Because everyone plays on the third, the fifth, and seventh, you know, yeah. up and down. And that's, but it, I feel like it's a little bit of a. Of a a benefit that I never had formal guitar lessons. Oh, absolutely. Because had I had formal guitar lessons, I would have been pre-programmed with this blues scale bullshit that everyone else... And they're just churning out people that play the same kind of music all the time. And the you same thing I mean? with Dave. Like, being a, someone who had no idea how to play, no. and then suddenly you're the one teaching him. Yeah, but he took to it way better than I... You know, I was... I didn't really have... Uh, Uncle Gino showed me five chords, and then I was on my own. Yeah. You know? Uh, I learned guitar by watching Billy Corgan play. That's oh, how I learned how to play guitar. That's great. It's a good way. So you just playing octaves all day. All octaves, yeah. All octaves and fifths. <laughs> yep, that's all I was doing. <laughs> no, so that's... It's cool. I just passed the knowledge down, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, I still suck. And, but, you, you know, know look at Paul, Paul McC- You know, there's, there's musicians out there that haven't had lessons and they just I think John McLaughlin's a self-taught guitar player oh yeah I didn't know that like so y- you don't need to have lessons to be a good musician you just have to know what you how to make what you he- he- want to hear Paul's a savant in a, a lot of oh, ways oh Paul jo- oh Justin too yeah Justin's I, a, Justin and Paul are goddamn geniuses absolutely the way they think about music I think is different and yeah than anybody else are you going to interview Justin uh, I asked him. He said no. Very respectfully said no. He said, really? He said, thank you for asking me, but huh. I don't, he's like, I don't really do well with interviews. So. Oh, that's weird. Which is nice. Yeah. 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 At least he said no and not yeah. fuck off or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he comes and visits us. He gets his hair cut in Portland. Every, oh, yeah? Every month or so. I need to go. So to every time he comes, he sees us. He, he stops by. Portland's a great city. Yeah, it's really... We're spoiled. Yeah, what a beautiful place. You know, you go anywhere else and you're going to eat shittier food. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> you know? And I went up there. I like, meant to bring you a four-pack of beer. I was going to bring you some Bissell or something. I don't even know if you drink beer. Oh, I drink beer. Yeah, I was going to bring you a four-pack of I drank pack a lot of, of beer last night. I fucking blew it. Well, it was 
too early in the morning to go anywhere. Harpoon, Harpoon's <laughs> making this really tiny session now. It's like 3.8, and you can drink just like, you can just fucking drink. Do you like sour beers? Can I have this? Yeah. Do you drink sour beers? I don't. Oh, we, I had, we, my we first and last sour beer was called Roser. Oh, yeah. And, Who made it? Um, Night Shift. Oh, okay. Uh, and it, it was good, like but that. then I was like, I don't need to drink another sour beer. I don't like it. You, yeah. She, I don't like beer in general. Yeah. You and your wife should come to Portland. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. She, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll go out. Yeah. What about kombucha? Do you like kombucha? Uh, my dad and my brother make it. Really? But I cannot drink it. Huh. I do uh, like apple cider vinegar. Like what do you like? IPAs? Is that I, what you love, drink? I love fucking love IPAs. Yeah. yeah. I don't. Like, yeah, anything that's like too much. And like, you haven't sweet. been to Portland? No, I have been to Portland. Uh, we went up there like right as the city was starting to get that. that the beer thing? No, the food thing. The food like thing. being a foodie city. Oh, that's been going on. Can't for a stand while. that. Yeah. But like right as that was happening. Um, there's this great cheese shop south in South Portland. It's called the Cheese Cave. I don't know if it's still there, but I had this. My wife and I went there once, um, and we had this one cheese that was like a five-year Gouda. Oh, how it's like all crystallized and oh, beautiful yeah. inside. Oh, Beamster makes a good yes. Age. Beamster XO, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. How that's how they say Gouda is a Hauda. Dutch word. Yeah. Right. And I work with a Dutch person mm-hmm. at my work, and she's like, "That's how we say it." Really? Yeah. yeah, so when they see us say Gouda, they're just like, you guys are fucking morons. Well, we're Americans. We're supposed to be idiots, yeah. right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, we ruin everything. <laughs> build that wall. Yep, build it. We don't want, I don't want any more cheese in this yeah. country. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, uh, it was nice talking to you all. Do you have anything, anything else you want to talk about? No. Just no? Pra- praise Allah. Oh, Stop right. it! I was just reading an article before he came in here about uh, uh, the representative. Um, oh yeah, Omar. Yeah, whatever. and just people just shitting on him. Oh, it's awful. And I try. I was trying to. You know, I was like, all right, I want to write her an email saying, like, I'm sorry, all these people bringing such pieces of shit. But you can't really. You go to the government website, and unless you're from that zip code, you can't fucking write them an email. Oh really? I no. didn't know that. Yeah. Do the old-fashioned letter. Yeah, which I guess probably is better. But just. I've been trying to not engage people on the internet about this shit because it just yeah it's, it's, it goes down the wrong yeah way. people get, it's not gonna yeah. do anything anyway no it doesn't matter and people I mean, get, these these people and and I hate to say it people on the other side are just as fucking ruthless and shitty oh, to people like calling yeah. people like the c word and I'm like yeah we're extreme are you fucking kidding extremes. me just keep it civil we're supposed to be the people who are being civil we need to bring it back until like the middle ground. It's just like remember the, the '80s were so great when everything was just perfect all the time. Yeah. Ghostbusters, <laughs> ET, American American Dream. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Priests were still raping little boys. Still, they're thought. still doing it. I bet it's a little less now. Well, just, maybe they're just I'm covering, not their, sure covering their tracks. But <laughs> uh, well, it doesn't matter. You can just do whatever the fuck you want, yeah, and so. it, no, there's no repercussions. So what the fuck? Shit. I was raised Catholic, but. So was I, but I, I never got confirmed. I I, oh, I did. I was an altar boy for ten years. Oh shit! Never got touched. Never got touched. <laughs> um, there was definitely yeah, a priest in a... my parish who oh. got moved around. Oh really? That's and, not good. And uh, my friend Dan, who was still very very Catholic, go still goes to church and still uh, and he um, volunteers at church. Like never got touched, but there were definitely kids he was hanging around with 
at that time who did. Ooh, boy. Yeah. It's fucked up. It's fucked up. It, those are priests are goddamn demons. Ugh. They're bad people. Well, they're not people. I mean, those people. I think the the people who uh, legitimize it and or let it allow it to happen, those people fucking can go, can go get their fucking. They're just dick as bad off. as the people doing the shit. Well, I think some of these people like they they have problems and they're they and they're not allowed to. They identify them because right. they're under this shroud of mm-hmm. Christianity or right. Catholicism. It's like I don't blame them as much as the people who uh, let it happen. I mean, these people are sick. And they yeah. Should, yeah. They, yeah. And they should have. I mean, I'd say that being that way is sick. I'm just saying that they're getting their the cover up is just as worse. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Just as bad. Yeah. And those people should be. And they'll never see. Any, they'll. They'll never see any jail time. Mm-mm. Yeah, I told my mother, I'm not, I mean, Ma, I'm not going to church anymore. No. What? She goes, because she's really religious, really Catholic. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going. Why? I go, Ma, I'm not a believer anymore. How can you look I in go, the I face believe, of that? I go, I believe in science, Ma. Yeah. She believes in fucking magic and mm. shit. Um, so she's like, all right, well, I'll pray for you, Mike. Oh, boy. So she's been praying for me for a while. And the kids, too. The kids, they got, they had the baptism. They had confirmation. Yeah, everything. And then we yanked them. Abby sings every other week at the church. Oh, yeah? Yeah, her little paycheck. Gets a little money from it. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, yeah. I have but when we problems. record some music, I'll send it. How long till you post this online? This is going to be a while. I mean, month, I, two months? I, I have, yeah, probably September, October. Um, oh, that long? I have a lot, yeah. I mean, I have like a backlog of 20 interviews right now. I want to get a lot out. I want to get a lot done because people in the, in the summer. Don't binge wanna, listen don't want to do this shit oh they don't want to come in they don't want to come here in the summer and yeah, yeah. sit around this well, place of AC you get hunting here oh yeah. yeah this is the nicest practice space I've ever where do you all the practice the bathrooms are way cleaner than yeah. I imagined well there's no shit on the floor is, that, the ceiling. is that on yeah yeah yeah. it's still recording yeah yeah oh. this is all good stuff especially all the shit about the religion shit oh yeah that people will fucking <laughs> Your go mom's gonna love it. people will go the end for that well it's true yeah. I didn't say anything it's not true no I mean, um, we could talk. We could talk politics all day. But yeah, well, but you guys, you guys got what are you guys doing? You you're guys? always just talking to your we base when you talk politics. Today, well, <laughs> you know what I mean? The only people that are going to listen to us talk politics are people that agree with us. We don't need to uh, talk to those people. Unfortunately, it's become that divisive. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree. Well, so, what are you going to? So, do? it's almost two right now. We're gonna. We should get something to eat. Yeah, we're gonna have band practice today. We always play oh, band so practice. Back up the play s- Sunday yeah. from three to five. Woof. Woof what? You're going to go all the way back up there? To me? You better go. He's getting there early. Is that what he said? There's been a... a, Did you tell him I was... A texting chain. Oh, I haven't been in on this. Did you tell him you were coming here? Uh, I was coming here? Yeah, they know, yeah. Uh, All right. We thought about canceling. We thought about doing it tomorrow because I have off tomorrow too. I took a long weekend. Oh, we got to reschedule. Kids are on vacation all week, you know? Yeah. So, no, this is no good or bad time really. Um, Excuse me. Where are you guys gonna go eat? Don't know. I'm not hungry. I might just. I have a banana. But <laughs> I'd rather just know. go back and not eat here. Oh come on! There's a great taco place around the corner. Is there? Oh yeah. Would you go with us? Sure. Oh okay. But you guys should. You guys should go. It's fucking great. It's Lone Star. You just go up. Is there on the main road? Remember where Deep Ellum is? Um, so you just go to the top street, take a left, go past the model. Keep on going down. It's gonna be on your left hand side. Okay. Right oh up, wait, right has that been there for a long time? It's been there for a while, yeah. Probably like eight years now. Oh okay, no, that was something there before that. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <coughs> I 
All right, y'all. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, I appreciate it.